I agree. So I mean, then? hey, it is what it is. Sometimes yeah, you it, just want to be nude. Yeah, it it, it's taking the free the nip to a whole nother level. Absolutely. Right. Well, you know, in Plotaholics, we have free the Sometimes hashtag free the butt. So, yeah, it, it's. What's up? What was that? Exactly. I don't know. My freaking oh, computer is acting stupid. All right. Well, anyways, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink, where the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And you guys know these guys. They've been here a couple of times. They are very close friends of the show, and we had to bring them back for today's awesome debate. Uh, Josh, go re go ahead and reintroduce yourself to our audience. Sure. I am happy to be back again, Katie. I can't believe you got me on here like two times in like the last quarter because that never happens in a year. Uh, but my name is Joshua Robertson. I am the author of the Thrice Nine Legend Saga, and my paperback Ball and Powder is now available too. So that's pretty exciting. I'm also the CEO of Life Grow, which is a holistic uh, community for transcendence for body, mind, and health. That I run with a couple of awesome individuals, and that community is growing. Um, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. You can Google me and find me. Excited to be here and talk about whatever we're talking about tonight. All right, all right, Brian, it's your turn. Yeah, here I am, uh, two weeks in a row. Wow, I guess I, I guess I might have to get my own uh, my own chair or something. But uh, how's it going, everybody? I'm Brian Tan. I am an author with uh, Random Evolved Media. I'm the author of The Invincible Heart, Invincible Heart, and um, coming holiday season 2020. The Enforcer, the first book in the Path of Redemption series, is gonna drop Random Evolved Media. So. Woo! And I am doubling as Indiana Jones's stunt double this evening. <laughs> Great job at it, too. Great job. Now, I just want to let everyone know that before we get started, there's been some things said in, in the comments on Facebook today. And, and I know that Joe is out there watching. Don't mess with my show, Joe. All right? Don't mess with my show. Anyway, no so we're, we're going to wow. just let that slide. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry okay. about it. All right. All it's, right. it's not even a thing. All right, you guys, we are here to talk about the most important issue to an author, and that is pantsing versus plotting, which is the right way to write a story. And I, I know we have some opposing viewpoints on this, and, and I'm gonna let you guys have your time so you can uh, you know, really get your point across. And we're gonna listen to the audience today. We're gonna get some comments from them so we can see, you know, whose viewpoint is actually the right one. Cause cause it's a you know, it's a pretty hard topic and we need to know the right way to write, right? Absolutely. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. But before I do that, I got to get down to the business of, you know, being on a show. We have our sponsors. We got to pay homage to our sponsors and all that. So give me one second here while I get the script up. I forget what I'm supposed to say on this one. Um, shoot, where did I put that file? Dang it. Oh, here it is. Okay. All right. <clears throat> our first sponsor of the evening. Was that? It wasn't me. It I wasn't on my end. I don't that think so. Really I didn't weird. touch nothing. All right. All right. So our first sponsor of the evening. All right. Was that, Are you sure that wasn't you? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not touching anything. What? All right. Let me just see. I don't see any issues with the feed. All right. Well, let's just get this out of the way. All right. So our first sponsor of the night is... thought 
you could just come and invade my sacred space, say my beautiful and wonderful catchphrase, and just run out. You thought wrong. <laughs> you didn't realize that beyond the hat, there's much, much more going on. You have invoked the Godfather. And now you're going to pay for that. <laughs> you see, Katie, you're going to have to scour the internet. I mean, scour the internet to find a place where Goindy now is not. You can go ahead and go to Facebook. You know we're there. You know we're on Twitter. You know we're on Instagram. You know that we're here on YouTube. Yeah, go to Twitch. <laughs> I just started there, but believe me, I can get it. I can get it done there. TikTok. I've just started there as well. <laughs> You're not even going to be able to get to my space. I've got that covered too. <laughs> so I figure it's time to spill the ink and just do what is supposed to happen anyway. And that is make Saturday night time to go in now. So everybody welcome to the brand new and improved and I assure you, it's approved, it improved. Spilling ink. <laughs> Go Indy Now style. Yes, welcome to the show. I haven't come up with a fancy title for it yet, but, you know, give me some time. We'll figure it all out. I am here to do a show for all of you and entertain you like I always do. Sans the, that treacherous Katie Salitis. So while I'm here, well, hey, let's do a show. Yeah, you know what? I like that topic, pantsing versus uh, plotters. You know, I just happened to, in my time in the chat, reach out to a couple people I knew were in the chat already and give them the link to the show. So why don't we bring them on and have a real conversation about pantsing and plotting so you know my guests tonight are as follows the amazing the amazing authors that they are the one and only jim nettles and mr jd estrada jim tell everybody a little bit about yourself would you well as i hide my lair of evil this evening um, so I'm a science fiction, fantasy, urban fantasy, horror, contemporary, bit of this, this, that, and the other author, as well as nonfiction author, you know, talking about the business side of being an author, you know, making sure that people don't like trample on your territory and all that kind of good stuff. Also, the uh, one of the founder for Author Essentials, you know, author services, author education company, and yet, well, last but not least, you know, from continual convention where we're doing all the fun stuff online as well, having to, you know, keep out the interlopers. Like Katie Salitis. Like right? Katie Salitis. I mean, you, you know, yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. Good, good. All right, Mr. Estrada, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, sir? I'm a good friend of the Penguin of Revenge. Beyond that, I am a multi-genre indie author from Puerto Rico who is experiencing the season premiere of the worldwide uh, apocalypse and zombie apocalypse in Atlanta, because that makes sense. Um, I am the author of over 16 books. I've done poetry, nonfiction, urban fantasy, middle grade fantasy, uh, and the kitchen sink. I, I think I'm working on the kitchen sink next to see what happens. Uh, I also write nonfiction and I just like to have fun and do silly stuff because in a dumpster fire of a year that is 2020, you can write, you can stay sane, but you can also laugh. Yeah, how about, I mean, this year could not have gotten any worse. And then somebody decides to hack into my show and take it over. I mean, come on, seriously, really? I mean, I can't believe it. You know, I thought we were really good friends, but. You know. No, we were really good friends. And, but, but the thing is that if, if they mess with you and, and we've got evil hair going, we got to make the most out of it, man. <laughs> yeah. The evil hair. That's why evil. I wear that. Because I can't, if I unleash the hair, it, this whole thing comes crashing down really fast. It, uh, uh oh. They are fighting back. <laughs> no. uh, just a glitch. You can't stop. It's just a glitch. It's just a glitch. Don't worry about it. You can't you stop the like Compton. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you try, it's not going to work. So, uh, it, oh, hi, Katie. So, How are you? You thought you were going to be funny, didn't you? Hi, no, 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 it's just all, it's all good. It's no good. I mean, oh, I'm oh, glad oh. you're here. Man, when you're all by yourself, now that we're oh. face to face, I see what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, it was nice to see you last night. Whose show is this, Joe? Uh, well, you know, I do pay for it, so. Whose show is this? Uh, your show. That's right. My show. Not your show. You can have Friday nights. That's fine. Saturday night is all spilling ink. Got it? All right, all right. I'll play fair for now. All right, all right. But, you know, since you did get, you know, a few extra people on board. Some good ones too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder they didn't answer my invite when I asked them to be on the show. See, people are loyal. Uh, you know, I, I felt the same way about Brian. I was about to call him a turncoat, you know, but I well, get it. I understand. Why, don't you, why don't you say that to his face? Yeah, turn. Wow. I'm not even wearing a coat, Joe. I'm not even wearing a coat. You're apparently wearing a shirt. Yes, I am. <laughs> Part of a shirt. 80s style belly shirt, buddy. Okay? Well, you're not as bad as that Joshua Roberts. You can't be talking about Josh like said that. It's said to that person's face. There you you know what, Joe? Roses are red, violets are blue. I got five fingers. The middle one's for you. Oh! oh. Damn! Oh. You're going to try to have a pantser and plotter topic without me involved? Well, yeah, because I, I know that you're on the wrong side of the fence. So, I mean, <laughs> you're just absolutely 100% wrong. So, you know. Damn. Oh, man. Let's go look at our sale records and see who's right. Ooh. 
I thought we were better than that, Joe. I thought we were better than that. Damn. Robertson came out with a haymaker. Yeah, wait till he wait till he gets to that one. Hot on fire. <laughs> All right, let's do this right. All right, want to do Panthers versus Plotters? I'm let's here as a kilter. I'm here as a kilter. So I, I don't know my. <laughs> My nipples are hard after seeing Josh do that hug. Oh, oh, yeah, all, all, all of this aggression, man. I, it, it, it's kicking me. It's kicking me in a funny place. I, should, I, I drafted wrong, Katie. I should have picked the other two because apparently these other two behind, underneath me here at this first sign of adversity, all of a sudden they're Switzerland. They don't oh, I said that was turned on. It's Switzerland never gets turned on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at, least, he didn't, at least he didn't accuse you guys of wearing coats, though. I mean, come did, on. Jim, did you say you were wearing a kilt? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Oh, hey, forget forget pantsing. I'm kilting. Yeah. <laughs> He's kilting it. He's kilting it. Oh boy. Y'all kilt it with that. Woo! He's not pantsing, baby. Yeah, just to put everybody's mind at ease, I still like Kitty Salinas sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Every really now and again. Yeah. He likes yeah. Katie enough. He likes Katie enough to cut that sponsorship check after she decides to read his commercial. True. <laughs> the question is how much he's gonna cut the check by. <laughs> he's gonna send it over PayPal in installments of well, ten cents a pop. I don't think I should have to pay for this episode. Please, sir, can I have some more? (laughs) Here's another 10 cents. Don't spend it all in one place. (laughs) Ebenezer Compton. Oh, Oh, Lord. Look, I even showed up at the bar last night and nobody bought my bar tab. (laughs) I took care of you. Don't worry about it. Oh, see, you'll take care of Jim. You wouldn't even let me in. Well, Seriously. yeah, you weren't invited. I don't know why you. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jim Nettles' bar tab—that's going to be like more than like the national average oh, of El God, Salvador yeah. and and like Venezuela combined. I, I I had to I had to I had to go I had to go sell myself on the street for about an hour to pay for Jim's bar tab. That doesn't shock me. Josie, you don't <laughs> have to put on a red light. <laughs> from some people that's on right. yeah. walking the streets for you, money you don't care review? if it's wrong or if it's right Josie <laughs> you, you, can't have, you can't have a show with Brian and not have a falsetto moment that's, that's uh, a good point that is a good well, point in, in fact if you were watching last week's show we're going to be doing a sing off <laughs> Derek Bourne and Mr. Brian Tan, because both of them are our, our resident singers, and we need to figure out who is the next top singer. Oh, the next Spilling Ink top singer. Are we going to do like a masked singer? Or they move? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, well, the, ma- the masked singer has already been done, so it should probably it should have to be a topless singer marathon. See, the so problem it- is, heard my Brian sing so many times, I could I could close my eyes and know it was Brian. And I, I'm down for that as long as Katie doesn't wear a turban like like Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough y'all made me put a hat on. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I could see it being you know singing from behind the notebook. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, I like that. Cal <laughs> <laughs> logo over top of them and <laughs> <laughs> really grab this show good. 
Yeah, that, that's going to be a fun show. Better be ready, Derek. You better be ready. I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you. Hearts on fire. <laughs> Joe, are you going to enter in as a contestant now? No. Well, De- well Derek better be ready because there ain't no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. I'm Remember. impressed. <laughs> That's my jam, man. Matter of fact, I got to go through all my notes to see if I can find the the uh, bass tabs for it, so I can just bust out. Oh, dude, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. pet the tonics the shit out of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So oh. stay tuned for for information on that episode. I haven't put it together yet, but it, it's coming. It's coming for you sure. You know what I think you're gonna do to that song, Brian? You're gonna pants the shit out of it. Oh, I will pants <laughs> oh. it. I will pants it. Because that's what what pants me up. Because that's the way you actually write stuff and get things done is pantsing. That is true. I am not. That that is good. Look at Joe. Okay, Joe. Yosef. (laughs) Yosef. Yosef. Check your Go ahead with your little outline speech, Josh. We're all waiting. Um, So so you say that pantsing is the way of getting things done, right? So what is your definition of getting things done? Are you looking at efficiency, timetables? I mean, how long does it take you to write a book when you're pantsing it? Well, I'm a bad example because it takes me five years to write a book. <laughs> as, the cattle prod, it. as the cattle prod marks on my back from Rebecca will, will attest oh, to yeah. Well, I will say at my... ...does not mean that there is a deadline. You're assuming that there is a defined date to turn in the piece of work. There is if there's a contract. If there's a contract, but if you're indie, your deadline is what you set. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've yeah, never, I've only... never had a deadline for my writing, but I will say... I finished. I had already had Invincible Heart. I had the first three chapters of Invincible Heart as a sample for about three or four years, and going through to get that to fit what Invincible Heart became took me about a month, and that was as a pantser. That took me about a month. All right, and and for my first book, it took me five years to get to the point of frustration where I didn't want to write it anymore because I had plotted myself into boredom. And it wasn't until I let myself go and threw the outline away that I was able to finish my first work. I am writer well, fluid. I, I pants on occasion and I plot on occasion. Depends. Even um, I tell you, I told you JD would be the guy in the middle. Straight up Swiss. Swiss army knife. He is a Swiss army knife, man. And the thing is that if, you, if you're going to write poetry, uh, for poetry, what the fuck, yeah, you know, am I going to plot? You know, yeah. I can have an idea of what I want to do. Uh, but specifically for stuff that's prose, uh, my middle grade short story is a daydreams on the Sherbert Shore. That is free thought. I have I have a vague idea of what I'm going to write. And the idea is to have as much whimsical, random ass fun as I can have. I can't do that with other projects, other projects. I, I have to organize myself because I learned the hard way that even outlining, you can paint yourself in a corner and go like, oh, damn. Be careful because um, after November, it may not be free anymore. What? Anything? Uh, anything? Uh, yeah, anything really. yeah I'm pretty sure that. air and water are gonna cost it. Is gonna have yeah. a, a tax put on it. All right, I, I got to put the veto well, down. We can't do any political stuff. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, but I so I and I'm a little bit of a hybrid too. If it's shorter stuff, I'll pants it. I'll just go and throw it out there. And a lot of the time, I actually use that. Yeah, you know, just throw a short story together, or things like that. 
because that lets me explore the world. So when I go to sit down to plot and structure it, I've already figured out who the characters are. I've already figured out more about the world. I've fixed a lot of the problems that that just pantsing lets you sort of create more organically. But if I'm sitting down to be productive after I've gotten past that phase, if I sit down and structure it, I may not stick purely to the outline, but I've at least got all the major beats outlined. I've got all the major turns outlined. I've got my seeds outlined so that I've got a pretty good idea where things are going. Right now, I'm working on a couple of co-development projects. You can't do that without having an outline and that have, without having a structure. Well, and you'll confuse yourself if you think that an outline is supposed to be an outline that you stick to. You will get yourself in a corner. An outline right. is meant to be a guideline. It's supposed to be an, yeah. an ongoing working document that you change and evolve as you move through the story. Because things will develop and come about naturally as you're writing chapters that do deviate from your outline. But whenever I begin to write things that go in a different direction, then it's going back to the outline and reworking it to make sure that all my story elements fall into place and my themes stay in place and I still have growth in characters. Yeah. Well, well, my question, though, is this. When you guys are talking about outlining and stuff, does that also, for you guys, include research? Yeah. All right. Um, All right. So I guess I am more of a hybrid because there are certain things that I do research. I did some researching for um, for the enforcer, like case in point. I did do some research on that on certain lore about settlements that might have gone missing due to mysterious circumstances and things like that so i mean i guess maybe i am more of a hybrid than i realize like even you know, for that, you that's but, where the true definition of plotter versus pantser is if, if you're planning to research something you're obviously more on the plotter side but if you're in the middle of writing a sentence and go oh i should know more about this hours going down the rabbit hole before you finish that sentence you're writing that and then all of a sudden you discover this idea that would have simplified life for the last 20 chapters if i'd have known that one little fact to put in back then okay but to to give you an example with my human cycle project uh, each book is going to have 44 chapters that's what i that's my wiggle room it, it, you know, and I, I say what I want to do in each of the chapters. The research is me looking up for random stuff. And when I say random stuff, I have dumpster documents that are like 200 or 300 pages deep. And I'm while I'm writing, I'll just pull that up and, and literally go like scroll and then stop and then just read some, some stuff there. And sometimes it's architecture, sometimes it's uh, science, sometimes it's uh, astrology. And I, I'll, I'll find this little nugget of randomness that I go like, oh, that looks like fun. Does this work here? And I just weave it in. So that's why it's, it's a combination of different things. I don't to know. Be truthful, to be truthful, we're all probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. The funny thing I find, the ironic funny thing is that we're all creative people, right? And we can't come up with better terms than word vomit and dumpster files. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's exactly what it is, though. It's like, oh, I read this. This is interesting. Copy, paste. Yeah. I literally dump stuff there. So um, I'm I'm happy with that. Source entry on that one. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a difference between dumpster file and dumpster fire. True. Well, what's crazy though is that sometimes the dumpster file goes in the dumpster fire. Pretty much. Well, I know. Well, I know with my brain. With my brain, it sucks because my brain is also like a vast abyss of blackness and vomited vegetable soup with um, (laughs) with the alphabet in it. So it's like it's like Alpha. Huh? 
Glad to know you're starting to write YA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh geez. Why don't you just why don't you just come over my house, spit in my face, and take a dump on my pillow while you're at it, Nettles? <laughs> I can be there in about eight hours. <laughs> and the dump will be ready by then. Yeah, really. Are you cooking breakfast? <laughs> all of a sudden all of a sudden I just flash back to Tommy Boy, you know, he goes, what do you know what if what if the tooth fairy is a crazy glue sniffer and next thing you know your daughter's not up and there's change machine from the dresser. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> a thousand times I have. <laughs> uh, I just know that any time that I've ever I mean, I, I pants for years before I became a plotter, and I never got a story done because I pants forever. And now when I pants, I find that it ends up just being word vomit for chapters. Like, I did this two years ago. I was like, all right, I'm going to pants something. I'm not going to plot it. And I ended up throwing out 20,000 words and starting all over again because everything that I wrote was just garbage. It wasn't anything that I could actually work with. And I've noticed that also when I plot things, the editing process is so much easier when I go through. Developmental edits are so much easier to go through is all my points are up there. I'm not having to cut out extra things or tangents that I'm working on and trying to like add things to fill up the pieces. I, well, I'm just surprised that like this is what I do. This is the one I did for Death at Dusk. And it's not complicated. I just I do this before I even start writing. Every yeah. chapter is broken up. The entire story is broken through. I have all the plot points. I have the climax, the denouncements, uh, the midpoint, what everything looks like all the way through the book. And like I said, it's a work in process so that as things change, I just come back to this and I fix it. But I also have all my characters outlined, all their faults, all their positive characteristics broken down. And I keep the documents up, up at all times. And I take notes as I'm writing. So I never have to scroll back and see what I wrote and go, oh, here's the things I need to know about these people or about this chapter to keep it ongoing throughout the story as I'm writing it. Well, and if you're building a series, having a world Bible is another thing. And it, it goes much more to that plotting and planning side of things actually have a world bible instead of oh i'm on book five what color is their eyes mm -hmm. you know yeah. what did i name is that street run this way or that way having a world bible is part of that plotting process but i mean for me again it gets back to if you have a plot and an outline and a structure that you're working from it doesn't stop creativity in fact it could be a tool that opens up creativity because you're at least letting things percolate in the back of your head. So as you're writing, you're going, oh, well, that's a cool idea. You can go down that path, but then make sure it still fits into the rest of the plot. Or it mm -hmm. makes you say, I've got to go back and see this idea from back here, or do like I did in book two, came up with a really cool idea that worked for two and three and blew up four and five. Somehow I reworked the outline. Now I can sit down and go back and do four and five because that's two I've got to do together. Um, in that series, but I blew it up because I went off script, but it made for a better story and a better book. That makes just because you, you have an outline does not mean it's in concrete. Mm -hmm. It just this means you've got an idea where the hell you're going. That, is, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, this is my prologue for Given to Fly. I'm going to flip through here. This is a card for one of the characters, which is Charlotte Spider, yes, from Charlotte's Web. This is chapter five. So basically for this project, and what I do is that I flip it uh, you know, around for each project. Uh, if I'm writing chapter five, I have chapter five, I have the locations and I have the characters there. That worked for that project. For other projects, I do other stuff and it's just tapping into different stuff in your brain. Some people need to find that method 
uh, that they're always going to stick to. I am not a, a proponent of that because I've seen people that when the method doesn't work, they they break down bad. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, exactly what happened to me in my first book. I thought I had to work a specific way to write a story. I had to write it perfectly. I had to follow a plot. I couldn't deviate. I had to meet all of these points. And I didn't want to write. It sapped every single ounce of creative energy out of me. And it wasn't until I let myself throw that outline away that I could actually finish the story. And I finished it really quickly. So pantsing was better for me. But since then, I have a, a, I've merged styles a little bit. And I don't do anything nearly as, as big as both you guys have done with you know outlining and writing stuff out. I do the to-do list. And mm -hmm. for me, it's just a basic list of these are the things I want to do in this story. And I check them off as I get to them. And I have the freedom of making those events happen as I want them to or when they feel natural, as opposed to going, it has to happen here. It has to happen there. So well, here's my question. Th this is, I think this is something I've always contemplated. So we've had this conversation a lot, even amongst the group of us, which I love all you guys. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is when I used to pants, I never knew where my story was going. I never knew when the ending point was. And I think that most pantsers don't know where the end is. They have a really good idea for a beginning. And then they just go and go and go and try to figure out where a good ending is at for that. And with okay. plotting, what I learned is I decide where the end of my story is. And I know how I want my story to end. And then I backtrack it to where the most logical beginning is for that story. And then I plot it up to that point and end it. So I always know the ending of my story before I begin. And even my yep. trilogy, I did that. I knew the ending of my trilogy before I ever started on it. And I just worked back from that point and plotted out everything that went up to that point. See, I well, I did a good bit of plotting for the first and for the first Bryce Creed book, The Enforcer. But once again, like I said, it was mostly coming up with terminologies, building the world, or having sort of a world bible, like Jim said. And but I like like but like Josh just said, I didn't know really where I was gonna end it. I just sort of came to, all right, this seems like a climactic moment. I should end it maybe a chapter after this. So a lot of the stuff, it started out as just filler to get to where I wanted to be. And then I went back and fixed it and added more depth to it so that that filler was more than just filler. It was a useful part of the story and well, went from there and with um the invincible heart i just sort of wrote and felt like okay this could be interesting oh this could be interesting yeah let's put this in here and then no that's too much like universal soldier go back go back go back okay now this is good this is okay this works this works this works and we're done yeah with, with or without Dolph Lundgren. um there's a mexican version of Dolph Lundgren actually so Rodolfo Lundgren. Yeah, pretty much. But he goes by the term. He goes by the name Alpha. Well, but I, I think once again, one of the things you see is this: is either most people start from one extreme or the other. They're one hundred percent plotting, and they they have a hard time actually getting started because they they get so tangled up in it, they don't let the words work. Right. And you start coming towards the middle. Or you are 100% pants, or you have no idea where stuff's starting from. You know, no idea where it's going to, but you have a cool idea. You sit down and you start cranking it out. You got. Well, then a, if you, you start working with editors and developmental editors, you start figuring out where your sins are, and you figure out what tools are going to help you the most. See, yeah. I uh, I come from a screenwriting background, so again, I'm a little different as a pantser because mm -hmm. I don't I don't 
I don't have the meat of the, but I have the bread of the sandwich. So I have the beginning. I have where the first act begins, where the second act begins, and where the third act ends. And that's right. how that's and uh, my editor is in the chat, and she can attest to this. I ran edit. I ran endings by her nonstop before she even saw one like half half the book because I didn't have half the book written because I had I was. I had the I had where the arc points were going to go, so I've I in some way plotted a little bit in that respect. But I also, as my editor will attest to, changed the edited ending four times because I, when I started to put the meat into the sandwich, I realized it needs some cheese and some mustard and and you know, which all good sandwiches all need. So and then you threw in some oil and vinegar to spice it up, and mm. oh, now stop! I want now I want to go to Triangle Subs, and I can't have Triangle Subs. Stop it! I can't have the bread. I can't have the cheese. If you if you have good bread, that's the most important part of a sandwich. Um, anyone can fight me on this, but I've had uh, <laughs> I've this had guy. enough sandwiches in my life to say, you know what, the the bread can make or break a really good sandwich. You've also Boarding. made enough sandwiches to be an expert on it too, so you know. Well, Probably. I think well, but what's crazy to the bread though is the layers the inside. Layers, yeah. They got to be equally proportioned because you don't want to take a, a bite and get a huge chunk of something that overpowers another flavor. Yeah, right, so right, nice right. layered in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. what's crazy? Like we're talking about as much meat in, as you do cheese on a on a sandwich. God, you guys are making me so crazy. hungry right now, <laughs> and I can smell dinner in the oven cooking. You're so mean to me. It doesn't so, mean an equal ratio of meat to cheese. It means that the layers should all be satisfying in each bite. Uh, you don't bite into something and get a, a random weird, you know, pickle taste or something when you weren't expecting it. Yeah, yeah I don't that's get that why if you're using salami, it's always gross. Mastered at the deli, he throws like should, you know five five squeezes of mustard on there, and all I taste is the mustard. Well, you know, when um, well, Katie and Joe, when you guys come up, come to Pittsburgh, I'm going to take you guys to Triangle, and you're yeah. going to have probably among the best sandwiches you've ever had. Trust uh, me on that. All right, we, we got well, a question here from from the audience. Here, Mike is saying that he always thinks of plotted novels as being predictable. Is there any bias for that? Um, I mean, well, it depends, though. I mean, there's certain there's some people that can be great storytellers, but they're not very good at building the drama to where you don't know what's going to happen you know there, there's some there's one book in particular that comes to mind by dean Koontz. It's called the house of thunder it was not what i thought it was going to be and i'm sure he probably did some plotting in that book but i did not see it going to where it went but that's so, not exclusive to plotters though panthers yeah. can write an equally you know unappealing story that that lacks in in that drive to make people turn the page you need the drama the tension that suspension right. i would think that pantsers would maybe have more of a problem with that than plotters is that i, I, I think that's a victim of the word vomit being too much vomit and not enough word yeah well mm -hmm. yeah so from, from a structure standpoint if you plot too much i agree that there can be a problem especially if you read a lot of commercial work because if you look you can follow straight on the save the cat structure right. and if you see somebody who's in their first couple of books that uses that that pure structure um and they don't understand why they're following that structure then i would agree you can hit something that is the okay i see the first turning okay i see the second turning 
oh, I see where I just got a blown out knee. You know, you know whatever it is, you can watch the step by step, but you don't ratchet the tension the same way. It's if you know part of the reason that structure exists and we see three act, four act, five act structure. And we're used to that is because that's largely the way events really work. Just not usually to ratchet at that level of tension. You've got to create the conflict. So it's a kind of a natural flow. And I think one of the things that we see is the more you write, the more you used to get used, get used to that structure, the more you naturally follow it because you know, what's got to happen, even if it's inherently being done. So that's when you become a better writer, you ratchet up, you create better characters, you write better dialogue, you write better interaction because... I have one question to that then. Can you explain Michael Bay to me then? Because he's made... Explosions. Explosions. Michael Bay has a brand that people keep paying for. It's like going to Subway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's crappy. We're back to sandwiches again. <laughs> Everything in this episode is food related. I'm trying to lose weight, and y'all making my fat ass hungry. Okay. I mean, no matter what bread you get, it's going to be cardboard, even if it was freshly baked that day. It's not because they pulled it's it out foam. of the it's they pulled it out the tube, shoved it in there. That's Michael Bay. Pretty much. I, I, yeah, think- I agree with Jim, though. All that was. All that was excellent because I, I think that your style of writing is different than your strategy, and the style is what brings right. about the surprise. It's not the strategy and how you approach it. Yeah, I agree 150 percent on that. Because and I think finding your voice is the important part of that. Idea. Right, mm-hmm. and it's and it's about being confident in your voice. It's being confident that you have something to say, and not trying to outsmart your reader so much that you shoot yourself in the foot. Because you can try to over strategize to the point where, you know, you're trying to come out as smart and then you just seem either pretentious or you're just an idiot. Oh, I agree. I've read yeah. books that they try to shock you as something that happens, but the actual revelation doesn't make any sense. It's like, it yeah, turns into shocking, line. but there was nothing that made any sense of why it would occur that way. Right. And then he walked through the door and, well, did I mention his was wife dead. was dead? No. Well, she was. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there's a difference Blending. between what what uh, plotting is and what a formula is. And a lot of people yeah. are formulaic, even if yes. they're squatters or panchers. And, 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 and it might be a bit confusing, but some people who have this amazing book and you read the book and, and you're at page 20 and you go like, yeah, I know what's going to happen in page 90 and boom. And that has nothing to do with plotting or pantsing. That has everything it's to do formula. with formula. And again, again okay. predictable is not always bad. Sometimes. Right. I mean, predictable can be good. I mean, if, if the, the, even if you see the ending coming, if your, if your story and your climax are good, they can work with a predictable ending. I mean, case yeah, in point. Yeah, it can be satisfying. Right. I mean, like, case in point, look at so many action movies. Look at Demolition Man, for instance. You know that the villain is going to die at the end. You know. It's just how is he going to die? And let's you be know? honest here. I was pulling for the villain. <laughs> well, we can we can <laughs> tell by that hat, sir. They're going to end up with the person who's their romantic well, interest. Right. And that predictability is good if it's satisfying right because like anyone who who's read um twilight you knew bella was going to end up with edward she was not going to be with jacob because nice guys finish last thanks brian i haven't seen it yet sorry 
<laughs> you're, you're, you're only about you're only about twelve to thirteen years late. It's I apologize. Well, <laughs> yeah, real, sorry. If you're you know, and if you're reading certain things, you're reading it because you you have the expectations of the genre, right? Romance, adventure, horror. You know, they all have. You have an expectation of what the payoff is at the end, right? It's more about did you build up. You're reading something from an author who write, is writing in multiple genres. You're reading it because the author's voice. You like that author, how the author tells that story. So. Right. And it's it's just like, and it's kind of like, to be honest, um, even if you are a pantser, you still have to do a good bit of research on something so you don't look stupid. And you don't want to have someone calling you out and just say, oh, well, this is factually wrong and this is factually wrong. And if you want to go to a point where you can write whatever you want because you're building your own world, then you still want to have some degree of fact to back you up on certain things. You can get a super fan that's going to check you on your own oh, on your own science and you're going to go like, ah, shit. It's a phony. There's a phony writing this book. <laughs> I mean, and, and, that, and that's the thing. That's why I think it's very, very important to be a creature of balance. You got to have a little bit of each in your repertoire. I mean, a, ha a, a crowbar can be an amazing tool for destruction or building, but it would help if you also had a hammer and a couple of other things as well. And knowledge of how to use them, because you can have yeah. all the tools yeah. and whatnot, and you can, you can do 20,000 hours of research, and you can write 300,000 words, and it can all suck. You start yeah. with, it was a dark and stormy night. There you go. Or once upon a time, plus or minus in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, hell, like the enforcer, the the um the the first chapter, the beginning of the enforcer isn't even the original beginning. I wrote it as a pre as a prelude comic, and I just decided this is so cool. This has got to go in the beginning of the book because this is character building instead of just throwing you right at this guy, you know, and that, that was some plotting that, um, that, um, I guess I'm more of a plotter than I give myself credit for. I guess I like to think I'm just this spontaneous writing person that can just grab fool's gold out of thin air and turn and weave it into real gold. But I, I think you hit on something really important. People fall in love with, ah, oh, I'm, I'm a plotter and I'm such a badass because I'm a plotter mm -hmm. or I'm a pantser and oh my God, you know, the inspiration is with me and, and whatever. I am amused. And it's, it's like, dude, you know, take, take it yourself. down a couple of notches. <laughs> stop being a douche. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the writing is important your engine. You know, find, find the tools. At the end of the day, it's find the tools that work for you and feed your muse. And then sit your ass in the seat and get the work done. What, si what signs did you call out, Jonesy? I, I don't remember that. I'm not saying that. I just, I don't recall because this was a couple of years ago. And I it had to do with that Bugs Bunny cartoon and the Wiley Coyote. Oh, right, that one. Gotcha. I mean, I barely remember what I did a couple of, of days ago, let alone a couple of years ago. But I'm sure it was involving Invincible Heart, I'm sure, because it's a science fiction novel. So that doesn't surprise me. And um, Ed Souders called me out on things in my writing as well, as far as the science goes, and even in um, my um, my uh, another upcoming book, Ed and Livy. He sort of called a couple of things out on there as well. Now, granted, Ed and Livy 
wasn't so much a it was a one part panting one part loads and loads of caffeine that i should not have ever imbibed and i'm surprised my heart hasn't exploded sorry 10 cafe mochas with three to five shots of extra espresso in it back to back to back. yes i went to a i went to a i pulled a ben stiller in duplex but i didn't go to a bar i went to a coffee shop in um brattleboro vermont and just kept ordering coffee and was just like Dude, just hearing that gives yeah. me reflux. Fuck. Oh that, my god. I mean, that explains some of the workout videos we've seen. <laughs> yeah, I guess that caffeine is still hiding within me. And some of the weight loss, too. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the truth. That on top of all the ephedra I used to take back oh. in the day. Oh yeah, I'm surprised my heart still functions like a normal heart. And like my mother didn't put a baboon heart in me while I was asleep. Did you siphon some jolt cola in there while you were? Um, surge actually. Oh. <laughs> did you IV it or did you snort it? I mean, um, I I mostly just snorted. Did Zach Morris help with the intervention with the caffeine? <laughs> no, Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm so excited! So. It's, yeah. a it's a good episode because I still remember that thing. There's a couple of things from the '90s that you go like, "Ah, shit, I still remember that." Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um, I did a lot of work to forget the '90s. You know what? I'll tell you the truth. I love the '90s more than Nanite Power Supply. And, Hold on, let me put that back up for you. Yeah. And the heat and heat resistance. Yeah, I think I did sort of take that under. I think I did take that into account in some way, shape, or form. I can't fully recall, but yeah, I did. I, and, I think we can, we can argue on pantsing versus plotting all day, but I think the the one I don't know, Diana. I don't know of the the writing process is that without caffeine, words would not happen. Pretty much caffeine and alcohol. You know, I have maybe that's why I'm not writing as well. I haven't had alcohol in like over three months. I still have the two beers that are in that twelve pack that I had. Back in June, Mem matter of fact, Joe and Katie were there, and I flip. I went on like a ten-minute rant that my Yingling had a hundred and fifty calories in every bottle, and I was pissed off because I had just put like I just sucked down a whole mug, which was two bottles a piece. See, if you go to drinking Guinness, it's better for you and fewer calories. Really, See, yeah, I've never understood how you can write under the influence of alcohol. I cannot pay attention at all if i've had a drink and i can't pay attention so i can't hear my my news and i can't write i can i, I, I not even stood up let alone write i mean jesus christ well, i think i think some i think sometimes with the alcohol it throws away your inhibitions so it's like oh i better not write that down because if i do you know because there's sometimes i'll write certain things and i'll be like god like, and I'll even think, like, with certain things and certain stories, if some of my female friends read this, are they going to think this is indicative of who I am as a person? Where if I'm drinking, the fuck do I care? It's a cool part in the story. I do have a question for anybody who has that. Has Have you ever kept anything you've written the day after you, you look at that sober and go, and, and look at what you wrote drunk and go, hmm, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. There's a difference yes. between writing drunk and having a drink or two to write. Yeah, like I, if you I, have I, a whole I, bottle of wine, you're writing drunk. Nah, I, I've I've written drunk, and it was a, a long time ago, and for a reason because I read it and I went like, oh, this sucks. 
Um, and I've had a buzz and I've had a glass of wine. Having some alcohol in your system is like having tea or coffee. It's just, you know, a, a slight variation of what you're going to do when you take it too far, you take it too far and it just gets stupid. I actually did. I actually did to answer your question, Joe, there was a section in the book, Ed and Livy that I wrote that was especially, I was in a super manic state because of the, uh, of the caffeine. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take this entire scene out because this is just not okay. This is th this is crossing a line that I should not cross. I I, 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 I crap you not. I don't want to curse on. on curse. We we've already cursed a we've bunch already. of. Ah oh, shit! Come on, Joe. Pooping head. I I I I I got high on something. I won't mention what it was, and decided Life. to get <laughs> love. I was high on love. <laughs> and I decided to write a lot, and I had a Chinese friend who sat down next to me and looked at it and goes, what did Opium. you write Chinese? <laughs> that's that's how bad I was writing. It was like scribbles. It was like, whoa, crazy. But in the moment, you were like, you were like Peter and Lois thinking that you're like doing like the next great American song. Instead, you're just screaming to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Completely yeah. off key. <laughs> it's 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 the written equivalent uh, equivalent of la yeah. la 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 la. There's some things that even auto tune can't pretend to fix. Yeah, I but am Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you ever go to a bar during karaoke and like the guy has been drinking like mad? He's completely off on the beat of everything in the song, but in his mind, he's like the second coming of Bon Jovi. And he's hitting every note in his mind. <laughs> well, the thing is that when it comes to singing, with writing, it's harder. When you're on a stage, if you own it, someone is going to go like, you know what? At least he owned it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to do that when my band played out and I got drunk before every performance. They're like, hey. But I've never seen a writer <laughs> that truly, genuinely sucks and can own it. And people go like, you know what? He's owning it. I, I, <laughs> like, he's a jag out. I was gonna say the answer to your question, Brian, is yes. I've seen Huey Lewis live. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, what's funny, and it's funny that you mentioned that, JD, because is it how strange is it though that when you're a writer, at least this, at least this is coming from my perspective, and you guys all know me, I try really hard to be humble. Each one of you, in your own ways, have paid me compliments, and I just could not accept them. But then you find out all these horror stories about these other writers who have the ego of Galactus. They swear they are the next big thing. And it's like, how is that? Am I like that? Like, oh, God. That works no, for no, some people. Like no, that works for some people. And some people, that's, that's the image that they sell. And people buy mm -hmm. into that BS for X or Y reason. I, there's some people that are successful that I go like, their writing's not spectacular. Um, their plots and the stories are kind of bland. But when they, they they don't walk, they strut like they have you know like a like a thirteen inch member. And you go like, and 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 they they and they treat people with disdain. The thing is that some people actually like to be mistreated that way. Uh, none of us and none of the crew that I've met on Spilling Ink on creative edge on go indie now has that bs to them and that's why we get along in part but mm -hmm. other people are you know 
they got the swag, and it's that. Oh, you treated me like shit! You are the best! Well, it, you remember the cartoons when we were kids? You had that big bulldog and the little yippy dog who was always bouncing around the big bulldog. It's kind of like that. They, they're worshipping the, this false idol. Big cocky attitude. Yeah, that's true. I can't, and I just, I can't get down with that. I don't like that, that hey. holier than thou, I'm so much smarter than you. I hate I, that. Dude, I, I know I, I know a lot of authors. I know some traditional authors. And I know a lot of people that look at me and, and are happy for me. And some people who think that I'm full of shit. That's a great point by Diana. Yeah, yeah. Diana, yeah. Diana makes an amazing point right there. It is easy to fake. And sometimes people adopt that as a cover. And mm -hmm. it works for them. Yeah. Look at TikTok. Look at Instagram's uh, reels and stuff. And see how many people fake the swag. And you go mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. And it's... it's if, the thing is that if you start doing that, you're always going to have to do that, and that's your problem. Yeah. And that can be damaging to you down yeah. the line if you yeah. adopt that for long enough no. and it becomes part of your persona and you can no longer separate the two. Or you well, feel like anytime anyone sees you, you immediately have to turn into this other person. Right. It's kind of well, like something that Joe and I know. It's called you You believe your own gimmick. You start to try to live the gimmick. Case yeah. in point, Shawn Michaels in the 90s. Yeah. He was living the gimmick, and he swore he was untouchable. Yeah. Thought that the business wouldn't go anywhere without him. He gets hurt, and it moves on just fine. I, I, hate, I hate to say, I hate to say his name here because I know he's holy, he's holy water, and and this, especially amongst this crap. But Neil Gaiman kind of reminds me of that a little bit. He's kind of he has a little bit of that swagger sometimes that kind of can rub people the wrong way. Did he yeah. always though, or is that? over time the the application of everyone's love and adoration kind of created it yeah i, I mean plus he's british i mean because that that can change people too if you're constantly you know giving compliments and treated like you're you're better or you're adored sometimes that can change the way that you look at at the world and and change the way you react to people yeah thing i find with those people the most is that they end up putting their foot in their mouth at some point somewhere down the line and jk yeah. rowling you, you're yeah jk rowling the one guy from um Oof. the guy from um the hell's it called um not why did i almost say motley crew not motley crew um they, they did the holy grail um monty python oh, yes from the one guy from monty python who put his foot in his mouth talking about how he hated black panther because it Oh, brought um, about black pride and people and blah 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 and yada 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 those are really complicated situations in in terms of 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 high profile authors um everyone's going to have good points and bad points uh neil might come off you know kind of pretentious uh sometimes but other times he at least for me he comes off as pretty genuine but the thing is that when you have that much success and that much control over your stuff and it just well, keeps going you're going to hit a wall in terms of life. And he's having a really shitty year um, for, yeah. for, for, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, but, well, you know, it's not like other people. J.K. Rowling, it's like, and I'm a big fan of the Potter, Potter thing. And, and there's just how much can you mess up? Well, yeah. there's, also, there's also a factor of confidence. It depends on how you, how you treat confidence. And if it's real, or if it's swagger, so you can hide behind it. The difference and between think, swagger and, and and arrogance. Yeah, arrogance. yeah. yeah. Confidence versus arrogance, and your conf confidence easily becomes arrogance mm -hmm. if you're not careful. And once again, that's why I don't accept compliment. 
I really don't because I don't want my confidence to become arrogance. You know, I mean, I had a huge Mr. Tan. I'm never paying you a compliment again. I appreciate that. Thank you, Evil Hat Man. And I'll I'll go the other way. I will over compliment you, and you will take it. Jeez. (laughs) Okay. So, Katie. I Katie felt so was, dominated right there. With oh my light God. Choking. You are taking with light choking. <laughs> <laughs> Choke yourself on my compliment, numb nuts. Damn, Katie. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Please. What time does the Gep mask show up? What? <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, she did about dominate me hardcore right there. Like, holy crap. And well, I, and I, I seriously, like, sunk back, too. Like, yes, man. One day she's going to invite you into a stream, and it's just going to be Zoe staring at you. Come on, man. Seriously? Why would you do that? I just peed a little and I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Freaking Joe Compton, man. You know what? Katie should hack every single one of your shows. How about them, <laughs> Apples? Well, you would know because you don't watch them. Hey. Oh. 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 Called put, out. Put me on blast on that one. Okay. <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. He got me. You know what? He he did get me because he he listens. Well, you're behind on the plot of Holic, so there. I he's am. behind. <laughs> yeah, he's just behind. Hey, we're, I, both, we're both a little. Uh... Yeah, we're we're both a little bit behind. Damn. I, I've never read your books, so. Okay, well then there you go. So we're we're even. We're even, Steven. Right, Brian. I see. I see your wife is telling you how amazing you are every single day. Yeah, she does. You that. will accept it. <laughs> But yeah, she does. will not cross the border becoming in, from being confident to going to cocky. You yeah, that's true. That you know water. what? I'm so amazing that I can walk on water, eat bullets, and shit ice cream. No, I you're did, not. No, I did it all in my own time. No, no, no. You can't do that. But you that's can true. write amazing books. You can do an awesome podcast. That's true. And you can do an amazing weight loss journey that we're all following and in, in, in thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Now yeah. I'm blushing. All right, all right. Before we go, guys, because we are right about uh, the end of the show, did we solve the debate? Nah. Yeah, I'm always right. (laughs) I honestly agreed with JD before we even got started. It's really a balance. It's a continuum, and all of us carry traits of each one. Yeah, I I I tend to think that it's it's, everybody's a little bit more in the middle than they want to let on, even. Uh, you know, even myself, and uh, you know, I just like I just like having fun with Josh. Uh huh. Same, Joe. So there we go. That that is the bottom line on pantsing versus plotting. You do you. Somewhere boo. in between is good. You do you, boo. There you go. <laughs> so there basically, you if you go to pants, if, if someone's gonna pants you, make sure you're wearing long underwear, so you're in the best of both worlds. Again, I'm kilted. Really give them a chuck. There you go. Well, Jim Jim Nettles is already beating us most of the way there. Before we go, you guys want to go ahead and tell everyone where they can find your stuff and uh, if you've got anything up for sale right now. Oops. <laughs> JD is trying to, well, actually, click. It, it's like. She meant that for, meant that for me, JD, so. <laughs> we, got, we got too many books done. What the hell? Um, um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube. I'm, I'm trying to get energy to do more videos, but it's it's challenging. Um, I do have 16 books out. I am promoting people to support a local business in Puerto Rico, a very lovely people called Tasas y Portada, a small bookshop on the west part of the island. 
you have surprised me in so many ways and I've met so many beautiful people there that I'm, I'm just super surprised and I'd rather they get the money than other larger companies. Awesome, awesome. All right, Jim, you're next. Um, you can find me at jamesbnettles.com. Um, you can find me at authoressentials.net if your author is needing services. Authoressentialsworkshops.com. We're getting ready to crank out a whole bunch of new workshops. Um, some of which are going to be done live, um, you know, dig or live remotely, and some of which are going to be pre-recorded. But we got a bunch of stuff coming there. Uh, for continual convention, um, come join us on Facebook. Websites got a major overhaul coming here shortly. But we're going to be doing a big holiday uh, routine. A lot of video coming out. Um, since we're getting into that season again, uh, we've got a big reissue coming for Krampus Claus, which is the um, holiday book that came out last year. I've got several new things coming that are all sitting in publisher hell. Um, and a couple of, and so the second book in the Krampus series was supposed to come out this year. That will not happen. Um, other than that, yeah, we're cranking out a lot of video. We're cranking out a lot of good content, just like here at Go Indie. So, and I think some of these folks here will be coming up and playing over there too. And yeah, all I'm right. stepping on top of Josh. Yeah, I'm just not going to let Josh talk. I'm just going to keep no, it. I got nothing to say. You guys aren't Liam Neeson. You can't find me. Um, I'm not really working on anything regularly. So go buy these other guys' books. That's all, all I got, right. Katie. Fair enough. <laughs> not even Life Pro, but damn. Nah, go, go, go. I, I would rather them go buy your stuff, JD, to support Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Most of my posts lately have been toward my weight loss journey, but I am throwing some book stuff in there as well, as well as Plotaholics stuff. Um, go to Plotaholics.com. We have a store. We have merch. Buy said merch. I have mine on the way. Mine is too. Woohoo! Now, if only we can actually get stuff in the mail, that would be awesome. And, um... Support your independent music, independent authors, independent stores, because indie is where it's at. If you disagree, we can fight. All uh, right, and Joe, I got my I got my plot of shirt on the way too. Woo! Dude, what the hell, man? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna plug myself either. Uh, I am I am a pirate in this show tonight, uh, but uh, and plus my links are down below because they should be because I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will I will say this about somebody who was very. <laughs> Joe's yeah, so feed Joe's feed hack is working again. Who's breaking in now? Shane Wilson, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> When I, was, one I was going to say that over ongoing the now right now there is a fandom forum episode that you can find to learn about the thrice nine legends and that is done by the amazing amazing joshua robertson they were all plotted novels so don't don't put that don't, don't <laughs> but i will say that you know he's he's an amazing amazing author an artist and you should go check out his books even though he doesn't want you to go go buy his books thanks Joe. all right and i'm gonna of course 
give a shout out to Go Indie Now for sponsoring our show, as well as Rebecca Jonesy, the author of some awesome fiction that is both realistic and very sexy. And yes, all the links will be posted in the show notes below. So you can find everybody where their stuff is and how you can support them as an indie artist. All right, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. This has been a really, really fun show. Thanks for playing along with us. Thanks to our audience for participating and all of your wonderful comments. We'll be back next week with another episode of Spilling Ink. Until then, bye, guys.